Hi there. It is Allison McGee, your host, sitting at the table under the umbrella in my backyard. The zinnias, which are the huge kind that come up to your chest, are in full bloom, and so are the daisies, and so are the black-eyed Susans. And if you were here, I'd send you home with some tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers and eggplants. That's August, which is when I'm recording this, and it's the beauty of living in Minneapolis, which I've always thought of as a horizontal city, where it's possible to turn your tiny city backyard into a tiny urban farm. There's also a little tiny bunny that lives back here. He's unafraid of us. We call him Bun Bun. And he literally lives in the vegetable bed. And I just share everything with him because it's easier that way. Today I'm thinking about a strange job I once had at a strange and broken time in my life. The job was working for a company, which I'm not going to name in case they've somehow (laughs) managed to stay in existence. And my work was to teach a three-week course in speed reading, mnemonics, and study skills to college students here and there around the country. You put in your three weeks at one college, you packed up and you moved on to the next. Now keep in mind that at this time in my life, I was only a couple of years older than most of the college students I was teaching, or rather supposedly teaching. Let's quickly add that caveat in there. How to memorize, study, and speed read. Those eight months during which I drove from random college to random college in the Carolinas, Florida, Georgia, remain in my memory as one of the loneliest times of my life. I had left everyone and everything I loved back in Boston, which was the city I also loved, when in the wake of something awful, I took the job and fled. I was lonely. Have I mentioned that? I was completely broke because the job didn't pay enough to survive. I mean, basic survival. So I camped in state parks. I showered in the college gyms at dawn, or I just kind of sponge bathed in my tent. (laughs) I subsisted on stuffed baked potatoes from Wendy's. They were very cheap. And when I was leaving Wendy's, I would take as many of those little saltine packets and jam packets as I could inconspicuously lift from the condiment bar. And uh, one night, a state park ranger knocked... uh, Can you knock on the door of a tent? I don't know. He knocked on the door of my tent (laughs) to ask if I was all right, since I was literally the only person camping in the entire park. It was late fall at this park. At this time of year, it was in the south. I was apparently a very tough northerner. I had my saltine packet spread out in front of me, and I looked at it up at him and said, Sure, I'm fine, which I was anything but. But I did have one thing going for me, which was all the books piled in the back seat of the car. Books were my companions, then and now. 
They were what kept me going during that strange time. And that's why I was completely the wrong person to be teaching those poor students the things I was teaching them. Mnemonics, fine. To this day, you give me a long string of numbers and or random letters and 60 seconds, and I will spit that long random string right back at you. As far as study skills went, whatever, fine. But speed reading? Oh, speed reading. Speed reading goes against everything in me. It is a violation of my core values, which have to do with the wonder of books. Why would you want to speed read? Don't you miss out on everything that's good about reading if you're just speeding through? Not to mention that I myself am a very slow reader. Most sentences I read through twice, at least. I read them out loud in my head. Plenty of times I read them actually out loud, and if there's a word or a phrase that strikes me as beautiful or unusual or haunting or poetic or any or all of those things, I will say it over and over and over. It takes me forever to get through a book. And yet there I was teaching students how to skim their eyes back and forth down the center of a page on the theory that your brain will automatically fill in all the words you're skimming over and the meaning will become clear. And you can save a lot of time. But time doesn't really have anything to do with reading to me. And meaning is only part of reading. Meaning is only part of what words are about. A word has its own intrinsic value. It's life on the page. It's a travesty to rush over words. And I was a travesty of a teacher to be encouraging those poor students to force their eyes past all the sentences that wouldn't they have wanted to take their time with? I couldn't stand that I was teaching them how to miss out on all the pleasure of all those beautiful words. When that hellish job was over, I quit never to return and never to suggest to another human being that they should read any way other than the way their bodies and minds are built to read. So when I read this wondrous poem by Julie L. Moore, I went straight back to that time in my life, and I felt so grateful to be past it. Speed Reading by Julie L. Moore In fifth grade, my teacher pulled me out of class twice a week and sat me behind a machine to train me how to read with speed, to cure me of lingering over language. I'd lean forward, rest my forehead on the instrument while prose scrolled up the screen at a predetermined pace, no matter the story, eliminating the luxury of contemplation or daydreams any possibility of poetry in my mind. Haste made letters loitering near margins dispensable, and black blocks emerged from the system censored expressions deemed insignificant, muting the words music, their violins and flutes. So the main idea lodged in my concentration. 
I was supposed to comprehend something akin to meaning by ignoring every ostensible sign I saw that said, imagine that. And there we have it, friends, another episode of Words by Winter, in the can, as they say. If you liked it, please spread the word by sending the link to someone else who might like it, and give us a good rating if you're so inclined. Original theme music for our show is by the wonderful Dylan Parisi. The, the underlying music is composed and performed by pianist and composer Kelly Krebs. Today's poem Speed Reading, was read by Luke O'Brien. It, it originally appeared in the Cumberland River Review and was read with kind permission of Julie L. Moore. Please check out her books and other poems on her website, julielmoore.com. Words by Winter is created and everything by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you're going through, what uncertainties or troubles you're dealing with, and I will go in search of a poem to help you through, to help us all through, the way that poems have been helping me ever since I was a little girl. Sometimes life feels too hard, too intense, too much. And if that's where you are right now, send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or just drop me a line at the same address, which again is Words by Winter Podcast at gmail.com. For more info, go to alisonmcgee.com. Words by Winter Conversations, Reflections, and Poems about the Passages of Life because it's rough out there and we have to help each other through. <laughs>